Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you. As always, I'm looking forward to talking to you today. I just got back from a trip to El Salvador. And, you know, everybody told me, don't go to El Salvador, including our government. You know, you go on the embassy website, you go on the government website, and it doesn't say caution about going. It just says, don't go. But I have to tell you, I had a great time. El Salvador is beautiful. The people are friendly. I did a seminar there for about 40 companies looking to bring their products to the U.S. Man, we had a great time. We did about 17 one-on-ones after the seminar. I was blown. The seminar went from 8.30 to 2, and I did one-on-ones from 2 all the way to 6 p.m. Now, if you've been watching the news, you would know that while I was there, there was a 6.8 earthquake. That's right, big boxers. Boom. In the middle of the night, 3.30 in the morning, a huge jolt just woke me up out of a dead sleep. And when I say I was sleeping, man, I was out and a huge jolt. And I remember sitting on the side of my bed thinking to myself, I should do something. Should I get something? Should I go somewhere? Should I get under something? Should I put my shoes on? And then this thought ran across my brain. Are we still going to have the seminar today? Those are the things I was thinking about. And by the time I got my wits about me, the shaking and rolling has subsided. And so I was kind of left there thinking, geez, you're not much of a reactionary person during an earthquake or an event like that. I needed to be a little better prepared, I think. But it was just a big shock. And I so grateful that nothing really happened. The city held up, San Salvador held up fine. They had made a lot of changes since the last major quake hit there 25 years ago. And so really nothing was damaged or everything went on pretty much business as usual. And I was super grateful for that. Another big event happening there just as I was leaving is the president was changing hands. So the swearing in of the new El Salvadorian president was just about to happen. I left on a Friday that was taking place on a Saturday. And if you want to talk about security, man, they had that city locked down tight everywhere you went. There was armed soldiers and machine guns and They were not taking any chances at all with security, and it was really good to see. And what's interesting, I know I'm jumping around here, but what's interesting is when we have a change in president, there might be some long-term economic differences that in the long-term might make our lives a little bit different or different in some way. But our day-to-day lives don't really change that much when the president changes hands. In countries like El Salvador, It is a huge change. It will affect their day-to-day lives. Everything is going to change when a new administration comes in and they have new ideas. And I just found it fascinating because everywhere you went, that's all anybody was talking about was this new president, what he wanted to do, how he was going to do it. And the main thing on everybody's tongue was how young he was, 38 years old. That was a big deal. So I just found it super interesting that I think we talk about presidential campaigns because that's all we see. It's everywhere. Man, it's just slapping you in the face all the time. But I don't think that we talk about it because 
we think that any major change is going to happen. Yeah, they talk a good game, but their ability to get things done, I think they overshadows what they think they're going to do. And so I think we spend time talking about it because it's the topic, but we don't spend time talking about it because of how specifically our day-to-day lives are going to change. So hats off to El Salvador and my partners down there for a great visit. Can't wait to go back. All right. We are going to get into actually a couple questions today. Haven't done any question and answer in some time. So looking forward to this. These are all questions that have been asked over the last couple months. And of course, I'm not waiting till now to answer them. These have all been answered via email or phone call, but I thought I would share them with you anyway. And so let's kind of get right into it. Number one, and this is something that comes up a lot, and you guys hear me talk about it a lot because it's the major differentiator between you and anybody else. And somebody had asked me, how can I identify the uniques of my product? So hearing me talk about your uniques all the time caused this person to write in and say, well, how do I really identify those in a way that I can call them out in either a buyer meeting or an email or on my pitch deck? How do I really identify those? And so when they're not readily apparent, a lot of times your uniques, bam, they just pop out at you because you made it that way. You created the product to have those specific uniques. So figuring those out is not that big of a process. You know those right away. And so answering this question, I thought was interesting. And I had to pause just a second. I think, hmm, if the uniques aren't jumping out at you, how do you recognize those? How do you call those out? So I had to think about it and think about what I did, what I would do, and how I handle that with clients when they're not readily jumping out at us. And here's what I came up with. And so if you're having trouble identifying uniques, you might try this exercise. But first, you need to identify what type of product you have. And wait for it. Come on, guys. I want you all to say it with me. They're either a, come on, are you going to say it? either an enhancement product, so it enhances a current product in some way, or they're a groundbreaking product. So brand new to the market, never been seen before, never heard of before, but solve some kind of an issue that's universal and that other people can relate to. And remember, the big differences between the two is mostly trend and mostly buyer acceptance, because a Enhancement product is, like I said, an enhancement of a current type of product that's already out there. So buyers already have identified it. They know that they're in charge of it. They know that there's a category for it and a trend around it in pricing strategies that have been used. So none of that has to be figured out. All they have to decide is, is your product better, faster, easier? Will it identify with their customers more? Will it enhance their overall category, drive their margin? Will it do those things? So that's all they have to really, I know that sounds like, ah, that's all they have to do. Sounds like a lot, but it's not as much as they have to do when it's a groundbreaking product. And first of all, nobody is technically taking responsibility for it. Nah, that's not my product. That's not my category. Send it over to Bill. And Bill's like, ah, well, I don't know about that. Send it over to Cindy. Cindy's like, ah, maybe this is my category. Somebody's got to take responsibility for it. Then they have to decide, where's it going to go? How are we going to merchandise it? How should we price it? How's it going to grow if it's the only thing in its category? And can I attach it to another category to help grow my margin there? So all those questions have to be considered 
when you're going to talk about your uniques. Because if you don't know what category you're in, you don't know what to call out as something that might be different from what's already there. Now, if your product is a groundbreaking product, almost every feature that it has is a unique because there's nothing like it out there anyway. So the fact that it solves some major problem and it does it by doing this, 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 and this, those are people, those are all uniques. You don't have to spend a lot of time figuring that out because everything it does is a unique because it is unique. So that part is far, far more simplified than an enhancement product, okay? An enhancement product is where you really have to spend time deciding what stands out about your product other than what's already on the shelf. And if you've heard me talk about this subject before, it can't just be price. It can't just be the fact that you can build a lot because a lot of people can build a lot. It can't be just the fact that it's cool. There's a lot of cool products out there. So here's a couple things that you can do to help get your brain juices flowing about what's unique about this enhancement product. Number one, what are the different things that you like about the product? Stop figuring out what the buyer might like or what the customers might like, but why do you like it? What did you do to it specifically that made it better or unique? And what do you like about it? Let's start there. So list out the things that you really like about this product, okay? Now, once you have those listed out, I want you to ask yourselves, why? Why do you like these specific things? So for every item that you listed out that you like, I want you to also list some reasons that you like it. Like, what does it do? What does it serve? Who does it serve? What does it make better? Why do you like those specific things, okay? So first of all, What are the things that you like? And second, why do you like them? Okay. And the last thing here is what is the one thing your product does that no other product does? Is there one thing? Is there something that your product does that no other product does? And can you explain it in less than a minute? Because anything that your product does that takes more than a minute to actually explain is going to get lost. You're going to lose people's attention. If it takes pages and pages of copy to explain it, if it takes an hour to talk about it, it's too much. Probably people just aren't going to get it. All right, so here we go. First, determine what type of the product it is, enhancement or groundbreaking. Second, what are the different things you like most about the product? Third, why do you like those things? And fourth, what's the one thing that the product does that nobody else's product can do? And can you explain it in less than a minute? Okay. So that's what I challenge you with. If you have a product, you want to figure out some uniques, go through that exercise and feel free to pop on and shoot me a comment in on the under this podcast and let me know how did that process work? Did it help dislodge some ideas for you on how your product is unique? I'm dying to hear about it. All right, next question. And this is more of a psychological question. It has nothing to do with products or really getting into retail. It's more of a pick yourself up off the ground type of question, okay? And the question was, how do you keep going in the face of so much rejection? And I know this seems a little dark because the question was raised, so much rejection. And I don't know how much rejection is so much. I mean, that could have been two no's. I mean, believe me, folks, in the course of my 20 years, I have had thousands of rejections, thousands, okay? 
You're never going to get there if you're afraid of a rejection. You're never going to get there because here's what will happen. Here's how this works. You sit at the phone. You have the buyer's phone number and you think to yourself, what if they say no? You start not arguing with yourself, but you start negotiating with yourself. Maybe I shouldn't make this call. You know what? They're probably not going to be interested. I'm going to move on to the next one. But guess what, guys? Every call you do, you're going to negotiate with yourself. You can't be afraid that somebody's going to say, hey, you know what? We're not interested. It's not the right time. I have other products that are like that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. So you can't be afraid of that. In fact, you have to learn how to lean into that, okay? You have to learn how to embrace that because it's only going to make you better. It's only going to make you a better salesperson. It's only going to make you understand your product better, pitch it better, and get that first yes. That first yes is out there, but you're going to have to go through some no's to get it. There's no question about it. You're going to go through far more no's than you are yeses, because if all you ever got was yes, then you'd be rolling. You'd be crushing it. You'd be writing a book. So don't be afraid of the nose. So that's on the surface, okay? Because I know that a lot of this, like I said, rejection comes from a couple of no's. And you negotiate with yourself and you're trying to figure out. And next thing you know, you're stopping making calls. You're not talking to anybody. You're not sending out any emails. And then you start thinking to yourself, I'm going to get somebody else to do this because I'm no good at it. All those. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I wanna work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I wanna share those experiences with you. I wanna talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I wanna help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Things are just fear, okay? Now, in every entrepreneur's life, in the span of every entrepreneur's business life from this year to this year, there's going to be some serious downtimes. There's going to be times that you're going to question did I take the right path? People are going to say to you, I told you so. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have started this product. You're too small. There's people out there that have so much more money than you, and they're crushing you. 
you're going to start looking at what other people are doing and saying, why is that not happening for me? And that's going to start to get you down. It's going to start to wear at you. And the next thing you know, you're going to be doubting yourself. You're going to be, yeah, you know what? They were right. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have stepped out on my own. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? And here is where the rubber meets the road, big boxers, because you have to know your why. If you don't know your why, there is no end to the hole that you'll dig for yourself. There's no end to the catastrophic flow of negativity that will fill your brain. The why of why you do the things that you do is what snaps you back. It's what stops it. It's what puts everything back into perspective, gets you back on the phone, okay? Now, I could tell you how I came up with my why. I'm not going to go through that with you, but I will tell you what my why is, okay? And how it has saved me over the last 10 years. You guys most likely have listened to the podcast 10 Lessons in 10 Years. Now, not all of those 10 years were great. Not all of those were honky-dory. There have been, in every single one of those years, some really tough times. Because as an entrepreneur, the buck stops with you, and sometimes that's hard to swallow. And so it's always been my why. It's always been that that has snapped me back, got me to sit up straight, go take a shower, and get back to being busy. That why is that I want to control my destiny. Now, let that sink in for a minute because it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but here's what it means to me. When I am in control of my own destiny, then nobody gets to tell me when I can go on vacation. Nobody gets to tell me if I can go to one of my daughter's competitions. Nobody gets to tell me when to get up, when to go to bed, how much time I spend here, how much time I spend there. I don't have to get on the road and be at a certain place at a certain time. Well, of course, unless I have meetings, but those are dictated by me. I'm the one who chooses. And I learned a long time ago, 10 years ago, when I started this business and my daughter, I think when I started it, that would have made her six. I'm just going to give you this one example because I truly believe if we haven't talked about this, but I believe in emotional deposits. And I believe that you were either taking withdrawals from the people that you love emotionally, or you're making emotional deposits. And when I started TLB, my daughter, I believe, was just ending second grade, maybe going into third. I'm not sure if I have that right. But from that day until the day she started doing her virtual online academy, I took her to school every single day. Every single day. I put that in my schedule. Before that, I was up before she woke up off to work. And I was back right basically in time for dinner before she had to go to bed. So instead of basically being gone all the time, I took her to school every day. That was our time. That was our time. Father and daughter chit chat. That's where all the emotional deposits were created. All that time that we spent together, all that wonderful conversation that we had during that time. And also, by the way, as a side note, I have basically put my, other than travel, since that day that I started TLB Consulting, I put my daughter to bed. I've tucked her in 
every single night other than the nights that I'm traveling. Those are emotional deposits, people. You can't put a price on that. And so when things are tough, now that she's older, things are tough, things happen, she weathers those storms like they're nothing because of all the emotional deposits that happened early on. If there's a withdrawal, it's just not even scraping the surface. So I know we're getting deep here, and I did want to do that to answer this question, but that's what controlling my own destiny means to me. That's why I do what I do. So when I'm down for the count and things are bad, I start asking myself, what are you going to do? You want to go back to work for somebody? You want to give up control of your destiny? Is that what you're saying that you want? Is that what you're saying that's going to be best for you and your family? And then I'm telling myself, I'm answering myself, no, no, that's not what I want. I still want to control my own destiny. So bam, I sit up straight and I get back to being busy. So what's your why? That's what you need to figure out. Now, if you're interested in going through the process of finding out what your why is, I would love to do that with you. If you want to invest an hour of time with me to figure out what your why is, it's probably going to end up being different than you think it is. Okay? So if you're interested in spending one hour with me, I guarantee you the benefits of doing that, well, you won't be able to put a price on it. Because once you find out what your why is, then you can get through anything, anything. So email me at tim at ontheshelfnow.com and just tell me, yes, I want to spend an hour with you figuring out what my why is and we'll get it scheduled. I'd be honored to work with you to do that. And like I said, I think it will change things for you forever. Whew. That was a bit deep, people, for On the Shelf, right? That was a bit deep. So we're going to get into some lighter topics here. What is dead net pricing? So if you've never heard of dead net pricing, I've only ever heard a couple retailers use it, but it's basically your best, best price with nothing built in, okay? And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. It's your X-Works, your factory price that has no returns, no co-op, no anything, and what the retailer is telling you, basically, if they ask you for this, is they're telling you that they want your best price and they're going to take care of everything else. They're never coming back to you with their handout saying, I need this, I need that. They're saying, I'm better at promoting your product. I'm better at flowing your product from your factory. I'm better and I'll deal with my own returns. I'll do any of that. I just need your best price. Now, if you're going to give that to them, please be sure please read all the fine print that it really is dead net pricing because you don't want to give them your bottom basement price and then have them say, well, there is this one thing that I need from you, okay? And ask the questions and get it confirmed. Get it in an email. Get the buyer to tell you, no, nothing else is built in. We'll take care of everything else. Dead net pricing is your bottom basement X-Works price, okay? All right, our last question for this podcast is what is a line review? What is a line review? Now, line reviews are only held generally by big box retailers, Walmart, Target, big companies that have to structure when they look at certain products. Now, during an actual category review, a category review is different than a line review because a category review is a period of time when the buyer is looking at a certain category. A line review is a even further truncated time 
that they're going to hold meetings, face-to-face meetings, to take a look at your product, okay? So think about this. If you send them a product during their category view, they might review it online. They may take a look at your buyer deck, your pitch email, go check you out on your website and all of that. And then they may say, yeah, I'm interested. Send me a sample. And the process will start from there. A line review is where they take a quick look at your information and say, hey, listen, I'm holding line reviews for this time to this time. Uh, Are you available to come in at this particular time on this particular day? Bring your samples and all your information. They're going to meet you face to face. And basically during that time, that's all they do is they're meeting with people. Boom, 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 boom. Now, once you're in a retailer, your line review will come up every year. So if you're already in a retailer, they pretty much want to see you and what you have new and what you're doing and how you changed anything each year. And so line reviews will become part of your yearly schedule on certain retailers that you're in. If you have products in Walmart, you're going to go and see your Walmart buyer at least once a year during your line review. And I will tell you their expectation, any retailer's expectation after you're already in there is that you're going to have something new, a new product, a new concept, better pricing, new packaging. You've been working on something during the year, not just sitting back and saying, Woohoo, we're doing great over at Walmart. And I got a new car. I got a new Benz. Yeah, things are great. No, they want to make sure that some of the money that they're spending on your products getting recycled into R&D so that you're going to have something new to tell them. If you don't, if you come and you just have the same old thing in the same old way for the same old price, First of all, that line review is going to go very quickly. And secondly, you could lose your space. They want innovation. They want people that are taking the time, investing in their business to do something new and expand their line so that they can take advantage of that. Okay, that's what a line review is. So there's two types of line reviews. One where your product's not in there yet, but they've invited you during the time because if they meet with you during their line review time, they're slotting you in in between people that are actually doing business with them. So that's a great thing. So be happy about that. If they say, hey, come in for the, our line review during this time, this time, nail it down. Make sure that you can do that. Don't miss that opportunity. And then the other type is the one where it's a yearly scheduled thing because you already have a partnership with them. You're already selling them product. Okay. All right, guys. So we talked about how can I identify the uniques of my product, how to keep going in the face of rejection. What's your why? What is dead net pricing? And what is a line review? So those are the things we covered today. I hope you enjoyed it. Looking forward to speaking to you next time and trying to get these podcasts back on a regular schedule. I don't know how good I'm going to be able to be at that. I'm traveling quite a bit, but doing my best to get this stuff out to you guys and help make a difference in what you're trying to do every single day. Hey, if you want to support the podcast, remember, we're in that 30-day period of time. If you listen to the last couple of podcasts, I want you to reach out. That's how you can support the podcast right now. Down the road, I may ask you for something different. But right now, I'm wanting you to reach out and start a conversation with us. I'm wanting you to reach out and let's talk, okay? Let's have some comments on some of your favorite podcasts. Let's get the conversation going and create a little bit better, a little bit more of a community. Make sense? That's all I'm asking for. Doesn't cost anything. Just a little bit of time. You're part of this community and we appreciate you. And because we appreciate you, we want to know what you think. We want to know that the information that we're providing you is good information. It's information that you can take action on and that you can actually make a difference. 
in what you're trying to accomplish. All right. And again, a million ways to reach out to us, right? So we have our closed group on Facebook on the Shelf Now group. You can ask to join that, get into that conversation. You can go like our Facebook page on the Shelf Now. You can check us out on Twitter on the Shelf Now. You can go to the website on theshelfnow.com. And that's where all the blog posts are. That's where everything's written out. Everything's transcribed. So you can actually read through the podcast if that's what you want to do. All our links are always in there. So anything that we talk about that has a link or is a product, anything, will always be in the show notes in the blog post. So you can always go there and access that information 24 hours a day. All right. I appreciate you. Have a great week. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Until then, look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.